Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, weekly spooky friends and fiends. This is a bonus episode that was originally a Patreon exclusive, but now it's a little over a year old, and I think it's something you all might want to listen to. But if you enjoy this kind of extra content right here on Weekly Spooky, head to weeklyspooky.com and click on Patreon. For as little as $1 a month, you'll get to hear two exclusive podcasts, and that's every single month. So please, enjoy the show, and afterward, go to weeklyspooky.com and click on Patreon. Behind the Spooky. I know, I know. I'm very sorry. It's been so long since I talked to you all. I got very busy with the uh, with the day job, and I was directing a Western while still recovering from my unfortunate uh, battle with COVID-19. I am doing much better. My lung capacity is at almost 95%. And I brought you guys a very special piece of Behind the Spooky because I have the man... The myth, the legend, Joe Splatter Salmo, the man behind PendInBlood.com, which was our biggest collaborator ever on Weekly Spooky. And without it, I don't know if we would ever get this close to 100 episodes. Their stories have been featured on more episodes than I could count. And Joe's got some cool insight and also just uh, he's a fun guy to talk to. So we're going to go to that conversation right now. I hope you enjoy it. And thank you so much for supporting us right here on Patreon. It makes a huge difference. You guys are literally keeping, literally keeping the lights on, literally paying the light bill. So thank you all so much. And uh, on with the show. Joseph Salmo, Joe Splatter Salmo. <laughs> Do you mind if I call you Spla? Is that okay for short? Or? <laughs> That's all right. It's a cool nickname. <laughs> So, uh, Joe, how are you today? First of all, I'm doing well today. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about how did uh pendant blood start? Uh, I've been writing on and off since like third grade. Uh, nothing good, uh, of course, <laughs> but when I went back to school, um, I worked warehouse jobs and I hated it. And I went back to school when I was around 40 and, uh, creativity was stuff I went to school for, you know, like graphic design and film does you know there's some film work and stuff but it wasn't like the major and i decided to, to put all my stuff online i was like what's the worst that can happen it's, you know somebody reads it doesn't like it and then oh well they don't like it <laughs> and then they can go about their day yeah so i put a bunch of mediocre stories stories online for people to read and seemed to do pretty well 
Well, and I, w- I would have to heartily disagree about them being mediocre because when, when uh, Dan Wilder and I started Weekly Spooky, we needed stories, obviously. That's like <laughs> the big, th- we have a scary story podcast. No stories, mind you, but uh, <laughs> no. So we needed stories. And the first words out of Dan's mouth were Joe Solmo. <laughs> so when, how did you, uh, how did you and our producer Dan Wilder meet? Uh, through a mutual friend named Jim. Uh, Jim and Dan were high school friends and Jim and I were roommates. So Dan would come over and I was like, Oh, look at this vampire looking guy. (laughs) (laughs) I bet he likes horror movies as much as I do. And uh, we kind of just, you know, talked here and there over Facebook and he wrote his story and I had written my story and I asked him advice, you know, some of my stuff and how to get it published on Kindle and, and that kind of stuff. So we just started talking about production and stuff like that. So, and at this point was pendandblood.com already up and running or. I believe it was still an idea. Um, I figured, you know, I did a little bit with web design with my band. Um, we created a website for that. So I was like, I'll just put it up, you know, I'll make a website for it and, you know, I'll pay the monthly fees for the website and not worry about it and just try to get people to, to see the stuff. And I had Dan write stuff too. So that way I could, you know, steal from his celebrity status. <laughs> <laughs> Early on, you had multiple authors. Cause I know uh, Dan was writing on there and Shane Migliavaca was writing on there. Yep. Shane writes uh, occasionally still for me. Um, I have some other friends that write. I was just looking actually on the website a little while ago here to check it out. Um, there's uh, Blaine, who's a friend of mine. That's a fake name. Nobody names her kid Blaine anymore. <laughs> um, my friend uh, Gwendolyn was published in the Kindle book. She's going to be stopping over my house in a little while. We're going to discuss the next volume. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Plug that real quick for everybody listening, because the people who are listening to this are the weekly spooky diehards. They actually dropped as much as a dollar to hear this when they could just listen to the regular show completely for free, guilt free, too. So, well, if you go on on Amazon, uh, Pen and Blood Volume One is on there. Some of the stories are from the website. Some of it's exclusive content. I actually did some poetry for it. Uh, Dark poetry, of course. Of course. Um, there's some fantasy stuff, there's horror, then there's the extreme horror, which is mostly just my stories. Most of my (laughs) friends stop at regular horror, but I have to take it up a notch. Yeah. You're not afraid to, and I can appreciate that very much. Actually, a lot of those stories were stuff that we wrote like, no, this is too much. So what you're getting is a watered down version sometimes (laughs) of what my brain wants to do. Fair, Fair enough. Well, I remember, um, I think one of the stories that stuck out to me the most, I mean, cause it, it's hard now because, uh, as of the time we're recording this, I've done, I think it's 93 or 94 <laughs> episodes of Weekly Spooky. So I've read a lot of stories, uh, many by you, many by Shane, many by uh, Dan, many by um, Rob Fields and a few others. And uh, I think it was Hister Hysteria may have <laughs> stuck out is one that stuck out the most to me next to the one. Uh, pardon me for forgetting the title. The one about the little boy with the nightmares. Yeah, the uh, night terror story. I don't yeah. remember the name of it right now either. So it might have been only a dream or something like that. Uh, but that one also freaked me out. But hyster hysteria, this concept of a uh, of like a fetus coming for you in a yeah. dark and well, and mainly especially though the dark room element, just being in this pitch black room. And I know you have a really interesting backstory to writing that. Yeah. So what happened was. Um, my wife was actually in the hospital having a hysterectomy when I wrote that story in the waiting room. So a lot of the problems that um, she had had, they were like, are you sure you don't want to have children? Are you sure you don't want to have children? We don't want to give you the surgery. And we're both agreed. We don't want children, you know, but that was such a big deal to them. 
Yeah. That kind of like twisted it into a, a story as I was sitting there. Cause they had to, to knock her out and, you know, anesthesia and all that stuff. And it was just like, what would happen if you had like a crazy anesthesia dream about, you know, cause the first thing, last thing that you hear is I'm talking about babies or whatever. And just think about the baby that could have been coming to get you because you didn't want to have it or something like <laughs> yeah. that. Being haunted by the, the, uh, the non-born, you know, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like an abortion gone wrong or anything yeah. like that. I have other stories like that, but this well, one's more yeah. straight up just, you know, one that never existed to begin with. And just the guilt somebody might feel for not producing like the way uh, humans are kind of told to do, like you need to have, get married, have children do these things, but that's not the way it is in real life, you know? Sure. Well, and, and that was, that was what made it stick out to me. It was, it was a little bizarre, but it was also incredibly creepy and you could tell it came from a, you know, there's some stories you hear or you read or whatever, and you just know that like no one else is going to write that, but the author. And that's the, to me, that's the ultimate compliment I can give. I don't know. I would ever read that story if you hadn't written it. You know what I mean? Like, like I don't <laughs> think that story would ever existed if you hadn't written it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's one that I'm actually pretty proud of. I mean, I wrote that whole thing in I think a three hour window. Isn't it amazing how, you know, sometimes it's a faucet and sometimes it's a fucking udder of a cow, you know, <laughs> sometimes it just comes out all at once, the creative process. And sometimes you just gotta, it's like, you know, removing teeth. Yeah, I have stories that are a paragraph long and I just can't get back into them no matter what I try. It's hard. It's, it's really hard. I mean, I, I don't write a lot. I really barely ever write prose, but I've written screenplays, you know, forever. I started writing screenplays when I was very, very young. So I've completed tons of feature length scripts, short scripts, stuff like that. But even that can be, sometimes it's, it's this amazing fun experience and sometimes it's harrowing. That's what I'm learning right now. I'm writing six simultaneously, six episodes of a show that I want to make. Um, and they're all going to be 45 minutes long. So that's quite a lot of <laughs> screenplay writing, uh, which I'm not used to doing. So you're a brave man. <laughs> <laughs> I think going from writing dialogue to writing prose is harder than going from prose to writing dialogue. Um, but I could be completely mistaken. I find dialogue very natural to write. I've, I have no problem writing two people talking to each other, but once I'm talking to an audience, once I'm writing to an audience, it gets weird. Cause that's the other funny thing. I can sit in front of this microphone all goddamn day and never shut my goddamn mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but the moment I have to write some prose, I just freeze up. I don't know why. I hear that too. I think a lot of my stories have a lot of dialogue in them compared to some other stories. I would say that's not an unfair assessment, but, uh, but that also makes people, you know, identify It makes them, uh, feel like they're listening to a friend, you know, which, which is one huge bonus to the show because, I sit and read them to you. So it doesn't hurt when you can kind of picture the person that's telling the story to some extent, even if it's not actually me, I'm just a vessel per se, per se. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> I think the reason why that does that for me so much is um, I've been a dungeon master for so many years. I'm used to like reading, reading a little bit here. Then now what do you want to do and let the people talk? Yeah. You know, it's like a paragraph of, okay, the dungeon has, you know, wet walls or whatever. It's got slime and mold. Now, what do you want to do? So I let the characters do the talking for me, I guess. That makes sense. So to go back a little bit, because uh, I, I don't want to bury the lead of, of how you got involved with Weekly Spooky. So do you remember what when Dan came to you and told you this whole this whole deal was starting? Yeah, he said he had a friend who uh, was starting a podcast and wanted to read one of my stories on there. 
And I said, have at it. Anything on the website you want to use. Like I support Dan hundred percent. I know he supports me the same way. We've been pretty good friends. Um, so I told him anything he needs to use, go ahead. I mean, I would sing Dan's praises as well, but I, he might hear this, so I don't want him to, you know, yeah, give him a big head. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dan's a mensch. He's, he's really a great dude and an incredible collaborator. Um, just, uh, he, he can, uh, he and I collaborate a lot on movie stuff and, uh, he has so much enthusiasm on the days where all I've been doing is paperwork and talking to lawyers. So his enthusiasm is grating, but appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say with all sincerity, humongous. Thank you. You know, the first episode of weekly spooky, which is still one of my favorites. Um, not only because it was the first episode, but because I really loved mischief night by Shane Migliavaca. I thought it was such a cool story. It, it hit all the right notes. It's not super long. It's got lots of creepy elements. It's got lots of interesting, you know, imagery. And that was a story from pendinblood.com. Shane is a great storyteller. Like he comes up with some really great ideas. I read his stuff and I get jealous. He, and, and he's another guy, like every story it's like, you don't know, it would not come out of anybody other than Shane. There's no doubt about it. And I only know Shane in passing, but he's been super cool. Uh, I've enjoyed, you know, working with him and publishing his stories. And I, one of my favorites of his is uh, Deb, Debbie, Deborah. Right. Yeah. Which was, that was when we sort of, we, we kind of sort of collaborated on, I, I gave him a bunch of ideas here and there and we bounced ideas and I had so much fun with that, but I could not believe how great it was. Cause my, my biggest input was, I was like, it should be about like this depressed middle-aged woman in her perspective. And man, he ran with that. I mean, he really did. Um, and made that story shine, you know, made it, made it very alive. And so to go back to pendantblood.com and to, uh, to all of that, I just wanted to say, you know, somewhere where it's recorded, how much I, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate you giving us that carte blanche access to your stories on Pendant Blood and also introducing us to other authors. Uh, you know, Shane Migluvaca gave us the same carte blanche on any of his stories on the website. Um, and how you guys have then from then you've written new stories and let us use them on the show. There was a time in the I mean, and don't get me wrong, you know, we're still a pretty small podcast by and large. Um, but there was a time when <laughs> I would literally tell Dan, I, uh, you know, I'd be like, Oh God, what are we going to be Monday? And like, what is Wednesday going to be? <laughs> and, uh, and he would literally just send me a link from pendant blood to a story and be like, you should do this one. And it got to a point for a little while, you know, where, where Dan was kind of curating pendant blood. But then later on, after I had read maybe 10 or 15 stories, I was like, I don't need a curator. I can really just pick one. <laughs> And it'll be fine. It'll be great for the show. And I really do think that, you know, without pendinblood.com's existence, I have no idea how weekly spooky could have been weekly that first uh, 30 weeks, 40 weeks. I really don't know. So thank you so much for your contributions. I really, really do appreciate it. Yeah, no problem at all. I know like Shane and I have talked many times. Uh, we're friends as well. Um, you know, we both enjoy hearing our stories on Pendant Blood. Or on Weekly Spooky. <laughs> I'm getting confused now. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, we, we like the fact that other people are enjoying it. I think one of my one story, Wolf Moon, was one of your popular ones. It's um, one of the most popular. There's a on Weekly Spooky. It's the most it's one of the most popular, quote unquote, out of season stories, because in October, the the listenership explodes for about well, for around Halloween for about two months, which makes sense. Right. People are looking for spookier stuff. So in season. 
Um, actually in season, uh, your photo, uh, was it photo sensitive? Uh, I believe was the title. Um, I believe yes. that was, yeah, that one is one of our most downloaded ever. Um, I think it's in the top four or top three, but that's in season. And those literally have like, um, a decimal mark, uh, decimal point more <laughs> downloads than the average season. But, hmm. uh, but in the off season time, Wolf Moon is one of the most downloaded episodes of the podcast ever. And that was just a camping trip I went on and I just like, I'm going <laughs> to turn this around and make it a werewolf story. Well, and it was fun and a great twist. Uh, if I do say so, I thought the twist was, was solid. The way it was revealed was solid. Cause that's the other thing I'm used to, uh, with movies you show, don't tell. So you don't really get as good at telling as you guys, when you, uh, you know, when you're authors or when you're writing prose and that was a great, you know, telling in an exciting way, if that makes sense. I'm not, I hope I'm not making a, I hope I'm not confusing Sundays are not Sunday afternoons are not my strongest uh, time, <laughs> time of the week, but, <laughs> but no, it, I really did love the way you revealed her, you know, also being a werewolf. I also want to ask you about, uh, writing a holiday themed, uh, because as you know, I am obsessed with holiday themed in the month of October. We do strictly Halloween themed stories in the month of December. We do strictly, uh, Christmas themed stories. Um, have you, have you been enjoying doing those for us? I have. It gives me a chance to uh, think outside the box. Like, okay, here's the one thing that needs to happen Christmas or whatever. And how am I going to make that into a uh, Splatter Joe story, basically? <laughs> um, and it's like Silent Night, Deadly Night. I have to channel that energy as I'm writing. Real quick, tell everybody. So, the Pen and Blood Volume 1, they can get that on Amazon, right? Correct. It's on Amazon. And you can get it on Kindle or on paperback. So, you guys, if you're listening to this and you've been enjoying Weekly Spooky for quite a while, Please go and grab Pendant Blood Volume One. I wrote the foreword for that. You did, yes. yeah, and that was really fun. I mean, well, it was nice to be involved because you know I, I'm you, you and Shane and Dan have kind of a frat to me. <laughs> you, know, you guys kind of have this thing, um, and I was thrilled to be able to be a part of it because um, I don't know. I, I love when creative people are supportive of each other. We have a secret Facebook group just for the authors of Weekly Spooky, <laughs> and I love how awesome everybody is in there. <laughs> Yeah, I don't get in there as often as I should, though. Oh, well, that's because, you know, you're not a good guy. You know, you're, yeah, you're I'm a terrible bad person. person. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, we and obviously, I mean, it'll go dormant for weeks, uh, but then I'll come in there and just be like, so who's got something or who's got something with witches or who's got like, what was it? One time I was just like, you know, it's cold outside. Anybody got something cold? Yeah. <laughs> and usually somebody does. Yeah, usually. I mean, like um, a couple weeks ago, John Oak Dalton, who is a screenwriter turned uh, author for the podcast. Uh, I've worked with John on a bunch of movies. Uh, I even produced his first two films as director. Uh, he wrote a story. Literally all I wrote, <laughs> wrote him was, I was like, John, you haven't written anything in a while. I want some, it was like, it was like Wednesday. I was like, I need something by next Tuesday. That's about, um, what was it? That, that's about a uh, heat wave. Cause we were in the middle of a heat wave. So I was right. like, give me, give me a story about a heat wave. That way, when I'm introducing the show, I can be like my friends. I'm sure you're all feeling as hot as I am, but not as hot as the people in this story. You know, like, <laughs> it's just, you know, it gives me a little, uh, a little incentive to, uh, to sell the story to the audience a little extra. So, uh, well, do you have anything cooking right now? Other than, I know you said you're working on pendant blood volume two. Yeah. We want to do a volume two out uh, by Halloween. Um, oh, nice. I don't have any stories written for that other than what's on the website. So I need to kick my ass in gear. Um, I have some ideas floating around, but nothing solid. Uh, we're looking 
about the same amount of stories, like 15 or so stories, but we're going to up the word count by a little bit because they seemed a little short when I mm. went back. We were editing them. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of stories here, but they're all like six pages long. Yeah. <laughs> so sure. We want to up it to about 5,000 words this time around. We want more, um, a couple more fantasy stories. I think we only had one in the first word, first volume, and then we had a couple poems. We want to get a couple more of those. So when you start reading the book in the beginning, it's kind of, oh, this ain't too scary. But as it gets farther and farther, you know, I got to start coming up with those extreme stories. Well, I, I do want to ask you before you take off, what got you into horror? You know, what got you into the, the macabre? Because clearly you're all in. <laughs> I'm not sure. I know when I was like in third grade, I was reading like Stephen King novels and I thought they were kind of tame and boring. And I started reading <laughs> uh, books by this guy named Edward Lee. Um, he, and there was this one called Ghouls. It was the goriest thing I've ever seen. I, I was like, I could read at that level, but I was still immature enough where I would hide it from the moonlight under my pillow because I was afraid it, things might come out. You know what <laughs> I mean? But it was so gory. Um, the story of a party in the woods where the they just the monsters destroy that woman's body. Um, yeah. That is almost an homage to that story. It, it, he basically one of the monsters in that sticks his arm up inside the woman and eviscerates her from the inside out. Oh. Like just pulls it all out. Um, and this is like, you know, sixth grade. I'm reading that. Yeah. There's words in there. I didn't understand. I asked my mom, what's eviscerate mean? Or there was like a scene with uh, two girls and I was like, what does 69 mean? I'm like, See? you know, my mom's just looking at me like, what the hell did I do? What did I buy you? <laughs> so I got in trouble because in the fourth grade, did you ever read any Chris Pike, Christopher Pike? A little bit. Yeah. Did you ever read the last vampire? I don't know if I read that one. So I had an older sister. She was about nine years older than me. So I was reading like fear street when I was goosebumps age because she had all the fear street books left over okay. and you know, we didn't have a ton of money. So it would be like, I'm bored and it's a Sunday. And they'd be like, here's a Xerox box full of paperbacks. Your sister doesn't want anymore. And I'd be like, Ooh, and they were completely inappropriate. And <laughs> they had a compa- like a little omnibus of like the first three last vampire books in in one book, like really thick book. And I read that and spoiler alert, if you, for people who've not read the last vampire, but I did a book report on it because I hate, I I've always been a slow reader. It's not that I hate reading. I I just have trouble with the process of reading. So I read, I read this book for fun. So I was like, you better believe I'm going to get a book report out of it. Like for school. Hell yeah. Cause I'm such a slow reader. So I did a book report on the last vampire. (laughs) The book is about a world where AIDS has become so so devastating everyone is dying like everywhere and the (laughs) vampires are starving because if you bite someone with aids you'll get it and die so vampires are like hunting and hunting and hunting for humans that don't have aids but at the same time if you kill the guy with no aids that might be the last guy you ever find to eat you know and (laughs) book ends with the main character intentionally drinking AIDS blood because she's starving to death and going crazy and then she gets she buries herself alive in a coffin and is just sitting in the pitch black wondering how long it will actually take to die and that's the end of the book and I wrote the book report and they called home Uh, (laughs) I mean this was third or fourth grade no it was elementary school wow I kind of want to read them now they're pretty good and Chris Pike holds up pretty well. Did you did you become like a like a uh you know a follower of your local video store or anything after that? Yeah, we had a, in our small town we had a garage that somebody had movies in and we'd go rent. So I'd go look at the covers and go, okay, whoa, Zombie whoa, whoa. Lake. Zombie whoa. Lakes looks what? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> when you say garage, do you mean like 
in a residential area or do you mean like an old car garage or what do you what do you mean i mean an actual one car garage that somebody turned into a video store holy that is i've never heard of that before that is amazing i mean our my small town i grew up in was only you know like six streets one way seven streets the other way um population of like ten thousand, maybe wow it's small and uh i didn't meet dan until i moved out of there but dan actually worked in a video store yeah. um in the town we moved to so then he passed on these these other classics i've never seen before <laughs> got me hooked on all the you know trauma movies and oh yeah yeah Movies that I looked at, I'm like, this can't be any good. I need to see it. Like uh, Hard Rock Zombies, for instance. <laughs> I I am aware of Hard Rock Zombies. <laughs> I paid $2 for that in a bargain bin. I'm not sure if I paid, if it was overpriced or not. I think you may have, I may, you may have been, uh, you may have been scooped on that one, man. Before we get out of here, one other thing I want to mention is uh, thank you so much for your contribution to episode 100, which um, only people here are going to know, but episode 100 is a two-part 10 author extravaganza and uh it's almost done uh as far as like the production everything um so uh what we've done is we've had uh 10 authors create 10 short stories which are being read as if they are a part of my twisted family history like i'm reading through a, a photo book and we we've done it like it's all extra so there's an original score for uh for both episodes so not just like canned uh, stings and canned scares and like opening themes, but our composer Ray Mattis has done music for the entire part one and the entire part two. We put in more sound effects than normal, uh, all kinds of things. And I'm very excited for people to hear it, uh, but they've still got, I think, six or seven weeks before they'll get to hear it. And I wanted to specifically point out, Joe, your story nearly killed me. <laughs> <laughs> I asked him, like, I hope he has a sense of humor. <laughs> oh, like man. Well, he said you'd love it. First of all, it references my passing, which is just hilarious. Um, but it, <laughs> but second, but the thing that that made me have to stop recording and catch my breath was, uh, I'm bread, bread said. Um, <laughs> and the fact that all the aliens, I'm giving no context, so people will just have to listen to the 100th episode, part one, to, to know what I'm talking about. But all the aliens had food names, which killed me. Uh, <laughs> and then the the... The icing on top being the reference to one of my rescue dogs. I was very, very <laughs> pleased and amused. So I thought I wanted to tie it with enough realism, you know, so you <laughs> would get a kick out of the inside jokes, but still have it be. I felt more like it was going to be a comedy. I was like, oh, it's not really horror and dance. Like, it's fine. It's fine oh, yeah. the way it is. Well, and, and that's the thing. Some people went for scares. A lot of folks went for gross. Uh, in fact, part one is like so much gross out. <laughs> Comedy. I wondered if because I let Dan, you know, he organized it. So I, which I told Dan, I was like, "Did you just put all the gross stuff in part one so people would never, ever, ever listen to part two? Like, was that your goal?" Uh, but no, you know, uh, that's and that's, I guess, to to you know, go to a point. One of the things I adore about the show is I adore storytelling, and I adore. I adore um, diversity of the stories, of the types of stories, the genres of stories. That's something that matters very, very much to me. I mean, you can see it in my directing career. I've directed Westerns and romantic comedies and slasher movies and ghost stories and family dramas. You know, I love to tell lots of different stories. And I love that on Weekly Spooky, one week you could hear a story that you could actually maybe listen to with your kids. And then the next week, it might be a, a killer unborn baby ready to you know, strangle you with its umbilical cord. You never know. And I'm proud to say you, Mr. Joe Salmo, 
fill our extreme horror uh, content quotient very, very well. And I cannot thank you enough, my man. I appreciate it. I'm blushing, but you can't tell over the radio. (laughs) So before we take off, is there anything you'd like to say directly to folks who, uh, who love the weekly spooky so much? They wanted to hear what you uh, thought about things. Well, thank you, number one, for anybody who enjoys anything I do. I have like zero self-confidence. So just having one person like my stuff is like it makes me float through the day. Um, And anybody that loves horror, like spreading horror is great. If you listen to the podcast, make other people listen to it. Force them to sit them down, tie them up. Whatever you got to do. I do that at work. I play it at work and make the people that work under me listen to it. That's so good. (laughs) I'm their boss. They're going to do what I say. So, um (laughs) But yeah, like just spread the word of horror because I think in, in the modern um, age, like just so much content out there, a lot of stuff gets lost. So, you know, force feed it down people's throats. <laughs> what do you got to do? Well, and I will say again, thank you, Joe. And thank you from the bottom of my heart for sharing your talent and being so uh, generous with your time and your talent. So thank you very much, my man. Thank you. It was nice to have a sit down with the one and only Joe Splatter Salmo. Uh, it's the longest conversation he and I have ever had. You know, we usually just kind of type on the computer box. So thank you so much, Joe, for uh, hanging out with me on Behind the Spooky. And thank you all for being so patient with me. I, I really want to do a Behind the Spooky every single month. But man, I got torn away with a whole lot going on. But speaking of a whole lot going on, make sure you stay tuned because... We're getting ever so closer to episode 100, which, as you heard back there, two parts, two hour long parts, something special, a special treat, a special piece to reward all of you for your loyalty. So speaking of which, I just want to thank you in general for supporting us on Patreon and listening every single week. I just really appreciate it. But anyway, my friends, I'm going to get out of here because I have a, you know, big shot podcaster, filmmaker lifestyle to maintain. So I'm going to go clean, uh, clean my house. (laughs) So thank you all so much. Make sure to tune in this Wednesday for a brand new scary story. And until next time, stay scared, stay safe. And, uh, just man, thank you so much later. Later.